So now I have the ability to create, um, like amazing things and do goals and, you know, I'm, I can pick what I, I do in my agenda. And I realize as I'm picking what I want to do, I am trying to be amazing during the short amount of time. I was empowering myself. I was like creating this energy and strong, strong vibe. Like I was making, I was technically, I was healing myself, but I didn't realize that's what I was doing. I was like mentally trying to make myself the best human that I could. And it helped me. Wow, that's And then amazing. like when my 21st birthday came, it was like, okay, I'm not afraid of lupus anymore. And I'm still, I'm just used to trying to be great. So I'm, I'm just going to keep on being great. Welcome to the Bliss Seekers podcast. Our podcast is intended to inspire people to discover their true purpose and follow their bliss. We're on every major platform, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, YouTube. Please make sure you like, subscribe, hit that notification bell. Thank you so much for tuning into our podcast and please enjoy the show. Welcome back to the podcast. Today we have a very, very special guest. She was an artist from the start. At age four, her favorite pastime was drawing with her mother. She has very famous cousins who are the Jacksons. On her, however, on her 13th birthday, she was diagnosed with lupus, which caused her to miss a lot of school. Her outstanding grades saved her from having to repeat the school year because she was in the hospital so long. While pretending to be asleep in the hospital, she heard a nurse say she won't live to be 21. She was voted most artistic in high school, which ultimately derailed her plans of becoming a doctor. She went on to her dream college, Temple University, and that taste of freedom was liberating and filled with life lessons. She was voted president of student government and got straight A's, and she did a semester in Rome. And by the time of her graduation, she had already been to eight countries. She created her dream job as a graphic designer slash clothing designer a month before graduation. This caused her to let go of the chance to speak during the ceremony. She sometimes regrets not doing that. In 2007, she moved from Philly to Harrisburg and began her first real painting series entitled Perceiving Humans. In 2008, she became a celebrity photographer. In 2015, adversity struck again and a huge fire destroyed all of her art supplies. She was forced to start over but rose like a phoenix rising from the ashes. In 2016, she created Artcation with our co-host Joe here. And in 2020, she had a business and health and lifestyle upgrade and she conquered her battle with lupus. She's now developing a multi-million dollar family business. Please welcome to the podcast, Dion Renee. What a beautiful intro, by the way. Thank you. Welcome, Dee. Yay. By the way, she's also the graphic designer for the Blissy. Yep. So. so welcome to the podcast, Dion. Thank you. Yeah. I've yes. been waiting my whole life. <laughs> <laughs> it's part of your journey, right? Yeah. Well, you have a very, very, very decorated resume. I mean, there's a lot of things that we just le- I just learned about you uh, from the intro. The Jacksons. What's it like being uh, related to the Jacksons? It's it's kind of fun. There's there's certain moments where I feel the pressure to be great because of them. Right. And you know, it's it's there's also certain moments where I'm I I kind of like reinforce my um like my own 
destiny my own path by like saying like okay greatness runs in your family they they did it you know like you have to be great there's some pressure it's like healthy pressure yeah (laughs) i mean that makes a lot of sense actually i mean they they were great i mean especially michael and the rest of them how closely related are you to the jacksons my grandma and they and joe jackson our cousins. Okay. So like so. they used to come to town when the Jackson Five first started. Mm-hmm. They would come to town and pick up my grandma and take her to their shows and let her check it out. And she would sit next to Janet and like she said, Janet was so small, like her feet didn't even touch the floor. Oh wow! So they would watch the performances and Janet would be there dancing and it just it was cute, cute well, stories. That- that's awesome. But, uh, well, that's cool. I mean, and definitely, uh, I can see where, um, having that type of fame and success in the family could kind of make you feel like you're meant to do something big. And, you know, when you want, when you're meant to do something big, there's also a lot of pressure, right? But this is not about the Jacksons or the Jackson five. This is about Dion. So let's get back to your story, Dion. Uh, you've had a very, uh, uh, you know, uh, you've had a lot of things to overcome in your life. And uh, we always like to, you know, start our podcast by getting to know the person. Right. So why don't you tell us a little bit about your childhood? Um, obviously, here it says you started drawing at age of four. and That was your favorite pastime. But tell us a little bit about how you grew up and in your childhood. Well, I grew up bouncing back and forth from two houses. Both my parents were pretty young when they had me. So they both lived with their parents. So I I had my grandparents in my life a lot. I had, like, I wasn't one of those kids that was um, alone a lot. Like, I was alone as far as, like, other kids being around me. But I always had a guardian. Like, there was my grandma, both my grandmas, both my grandpas, both my parents. There was always somebody there and... So I would just go back and forth between my mom's parents' house and my dad's parents' house. And my dad's parents were Jehovah's Witnesses and my mom's parents were Catholic. So I would just be like different religions on different days. (laughs) (laughs) That's pretty confusing. (laughs) And um, I mean, it it was pretty cool. I, in my family, uh, there's nobody my age either. Everybody's way older or way younger. So wow. I also was the only one that was super sick. Like I was really sick. Um, like I I did have a lot of friends, but I wasn't allowed to go skiing. I wasn't allowed to go play in the snow or play in the rain or be out in the sun. Like I, there was a lot of things because I had lupus mm-hmm. the, the doctors were just like she shouldn't be doing this and that and so I would stay inside and draw I would stay inside and like I was just I had to entertain myself I would watch Bob Ross on TV and <laughs> I remember Bob Ross he was awesome <laughs> yeah I think yeah he was my first art teacher yeah um but I I just like really was like extreme imagination. So I don't think I was really all that bored as a kid. I was either super sick or 
playing, you know, mm-hmm. wow. like pretty normal childhood. Except it was also kind of weird not celebrating Christmas at one house and then going to the next house and being like, Santa's bringing me stuff. <laughs> <laughs> like I couldn't even say the word Santa at my one grandma's house. Really? And then at the other one, they were like, go to sleep early or else he won't come. <laughs> <laughs> so how did you it's handle all that? Like, did you find, did you figure out like, okay, I kind of have to like, just be this way at one place, be this way at another place. Was it more like just kind of fun for you or was it a little, a little difficult for you? I, I kind of feel like it was, it was the only thing I knew mm. to be flexible with the different sides i knew what i was allowed to do so it wasn't really all that hard i i did like all right so here's one little story like i went to school um like the school that i went to was near the grandma's house that doesn't celebrate any holidays so when when they were all doing halloween and like everyone was dressing up I didn't go to school with a costume. I had to like make one there secretly and quickly. (laughs) So everyone would be walking around like Superman and Barbie. And I would be like, I'd have like some paper cutout butterfly wings or something. (laughs) Improvise. And the wind would blow and a wing would fly like across the playground. And it would just... Uh, I kind of, I adjusted. That's <laughs> awesome. I mean, but to me, it just seems like that kind of, the fact that you're creative was a blessing because mm. you were you were forced to be by yourself with your own imagination most of the time. Like you said, everybody was older or younger, and then you were kind of like the girl in the bubble because you couldn't do much, right? But it was great that you were creative because at least you were left alone with your imagination, and that kind of, I think mm-hmm. I don't, that kind of helped your, cause you're a great artist. Like I know artists, Thank like I, I thought I was a good artist. Like I thought I could draw good, but then I saw her art and I'm like, okay, I can't draw that good. You know what I mean? I like, that's a true artist, like born to be an artist. So yeah. You, well, I also realized it's like, while you go, you were going through that pain, you basically turned your pain into purpose at an early age without really realizing that's what you were doing. You know what I mean? Cause I talked yeah. about turning pain into purpose when you're going through that mm-hmm. at least you had that art true it it really inspired me that like when i got a little bit older and like especially when i got to college that's when the like i would remember the pain of like because the the type of lupus i had caused me to have very severe arthritic symptoms. So I'd wake up in the morning and I couldn't move like anything. And if you need me to help me get up out of bed, it would hurt. Like it would feel like the most severe pain, you know, like one to 10, that was, it was like 10. It was just like, oh my gosh, just don't touch me. Don't touch my fingers. Don't touch my arms don't touch my feet everywhere there was a joint hurt and it would it would just hurt for like four hours and then would kind of fade away i'd have to work it out 
and my grandma she would she would really help me like I gotta give her props for like really um waking up every morning and helping me get showers and showing me because you know she's an older lady and she has arthritis too (laughs) so I was I was 13 and she was like in her 80s so she would be she would know the different little techniques to get rid of arthritis so like while you're in the shower let that heat run over your joints and just rub your washcloth everywhere and you know that's the first start is like you have to loosen up like the tin man and you know and then I just like slowly walk to the living room and she give me food and do my hair and it like once I was already at school I I would I would like try so hard not to show that I was in pain and then eventually like towards the end of the day I was loosened up and I could like walk normal and like I if I was in front of people I I would even though it would hurt I would just make myself walk normal and just you know in school you sit there most of the time you don't have to do that much so um all my friends everybody knew I was sick but um I still didn't want to show it but when I got to college, I, I would remember that. Like, I would wake up and it kind of started to go away with age. Like that arthritis. Yeah. Um, it, it just started to, I guess it just dwindled away. And as mm-hmm. my, I got mentally stronger, um, I think that also was just like, I don't want this. I don't, I'm, you know, I'm, doing other stuff (laughs) i gotta do this other life like i can't be sick um i would wake up and i would be able to scratch my head and i'd be like oh my gosh i could scratch my head and i'd sit up i'd stand up and it would be like oh my gosh i can walk i can sit up by myself like i i was so happy and empowered like uh, like none of the other kids I know that they weren't experiencing this because they grew up like normal kids. They they never they didn't wake up and not be able to move. Um, so when I woke up and was able to move, I it was like I ran with that. It mm-hmm. was like that's all I needed and wanted. Mm-hmm. So I your dreams came true. Just started, yeah. That was, it was just like I can do anything now, and I also thought like um you know so so on top of just like being able to walk that was like amazing and how old did this happen well i was in college when 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 the symptoms kind of died down wow so you're already like 18 19 years old yeah i was like 18 or 19 (laughs) and yeah it was like 13 to 19 just torture waking up like the Tin Man. Wow. And so when I finally didn't have to do that, when I didn't have to go through that, I I would jump out of bed. I would be excited to take out the trash. I would be excited to walk to school and every little thing to me, it was like, oh my gosh, like I love everything. 
like i like i was not like even to this day i'm not lazy if someone needs the trash taken out it there's something inside of me that's like i can take it out mm. i can do that like it's it's so great to be able to move and mm. walk because when i was in eighth grade i was in a wheelchair and when i oh yeah so when i was also in, in the hospital I remember hearing a doctor. Um, there were some nurses in the room and I was just like exhausted. Like I was always tired. And so I was just pretending to go to sleep because I don't want to talk to them. I didn't, I was just like, I don't want to be here anymore. Like this, not dead. I, I, I don't want to die. I just didn't want to be in the hospital because it was boring. All my friends were at, or like, you know, they're in school and they, mm you know, they weren't really coming to visit me. We were too little, like, you know, nobody could drive. <laughs> and I, we didn't have phones, like no cell phones. Like it wasn't yeah. Crazy, that right? time. Remember life. people don't even remember a time, but there was a time where we didn't have any cell phones, right? We couldn't, <laughs> we couldn't just call somebody right, right there. Right. Yeah, I wasn't in my hospital bed, like, showing hey. off my like, <laughs> Posting on your Instagram. <laughs> yeah, like, look where I'm at, guys. That wasn't happening. So I was bored. I was just miserable. And I don't want to ask answer the same questions that they ask me every day. So I, was, I just pretended to be asleep. What was the and question? There, they would be like, what's your pain rating from one to 10? Mm. And like, what hurts? And when they asked me what hurts, they would also touch that thing. And so it <laughs> was everything hurt. So they, it was just like, they would push and like, I was also ticklish. So it was oh just gosh. a weird combination of like <laughs> that tickles weird. and it hurts. <laughs> when you make me laugh, I'm in pain. <laughs> like it's just, it's, Man. It just nothing good for, came from that. So I didn't want that to like just I just needed a moment to just not let that happen. So they're talking to each other and I was getting I was just like deteriorating, getting so skinny. I've I've never seen myself this skinny. It was like gross. Like my muscles disappeared and like I had zero fat. I couldn't walk. Like it was even if I was in a wheelchair, I couldn't really push myself. I was just like a brain in a shell. Wow. And so it sucked. But they this part was even worse. Was the nurse was just like, I don't think she's gonna make it to be 21. Wow. And so like that echoed through my brain the whole way up to the age of 21. Mm. The whole, for years and years, it was like, okay, now I gotta start getting straight A's and I gotta start making like the most of my life um, before I get to 21. Cause that's probably gonna be the end. Wow. And I want a big funeral. I want a good funeral. I want them to be able to say good stuff you know Jeez. so i'm in college and that's still going through my head so now i have the ability to create um like amazing things and do goals and you know i'm i can pick what i, I do in my agenda 
And I realize as I'm picking what I want to do, I am trying to be amazing during the short amount of time. I was empowering myself. I was like creating this energy and strong, strong vibe. Like I was making, I was technically, I was healing myself, but I didn't realize that's what I was doing. I was like mentally trying to make myself the best human that I could. And it helped me. Wow, that's and then like when my 21st birthday came, it was like, okay, I'm not afraid of lupus anymore. And I'm still I'm just used to trying to be great. So I'm I'm just gonna keep on being great. I didn't get rid of it. So I was like, I could still die before um, you know, everyone else my age. So I, you know, I still had just like this the shadow that I was, it was pushing me and haunting me at the same time. But you know what? You actually used it as a motivating to drive you to be great, which is amazing because a lot of people can use something like that as like, oh, woe is me. I'm just going to sit here until my life quote unquote ends, right? But you actually, which is amazing. By the way, first of all, I've never heard this before. So I, I, I see you much differently now. And, and, and it's amazing for any, I mean, just to think, to live your whole teenage years thinking that you you only have till 21, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, first of all, no teenagers should ever have to think that or go through that, right? On top of all the mm-hmm. pain and having to deal with all that kind of stuff. But you, act, I mean, they always say that adversity is a good thing. We don't realize it maybe when we're going through it, but later we do because if you take it in a good way, like it makes you stronger, it makes you tougher, it makes me able to handle more things. And and then the minute that that um, you know, you you made that decision that instead of giving up, you're gonna be great. You kind of built these habits that make you successful in life, no matter what you do, right? When most teenagers are not building those kind of habits, mm-hmm. they're partying. They're doing whatever. They're wasting time. They're just <laughs> chilling, right? <laughs> oh, me too, right? Like while all while all the rest of us are just doing teenager things, right? You were building successful habits. Mm-hmm. You had goals. You because you know most of us think we have a lot of time. Like I mean, and that's why people lag and they they don't they don't they don't get a lot of things done. But when you have a deadline, when you feel like I don't have I might you know I don't have all the time in the world. Mm-hmm you kind of work harder, you, you, you work faster. You, you say, I got to get this all done because I don't have a lot of time. So that was amazing. Number one, how you actually took it into a positive way. And I don't know if you realize this, but it helps you build successful habits that are now ingrained in you. You know what I mean? Like, it doesn't matter what you do. You still have that. Like, I don't know how much time I got. I mean, even though now you've, you've beat lupus and we're going to get to that, right? Uh, and you're healthier and obviously you made it way past 21. Right. But, um, mm-hmm. but, but you still have the habits and that was like a huge blessing, I believe to create those habits at a time when most kids are just basically sleeping, partying, hanging out with their friends and figuring out what their life is all about. You were like, I have purpose. I have a mission. This is my goal. And I only have till this time. So I'm going to get it done. So that's amazing by the way. So. Yeah. I, I think that was, uh, this journey was meant for you because uh, seeing how strong you are and you're just so full of life 
You know what I mean? Sometimes I know you told me the story before. It's hard for me to kind of like, in a way, believe it in in a way because like I wouldn't want to see you in that way whatsoever. Because you know it, it it would hurt me to see a friend go through that. But now it's like hearing that story over again and maybe realize like even like um, I think what you did was like you celebrated small victories. I think that's any of us could do too in a daily life, you know. And you telling yourself, "Oh, I could take out the trash." It makes me want to do my dishes every night. <laughs> 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 well, like you know what I mean, like because some people can't do it physically um but yeah it's just like it's just hitting me again all the stories that i know you told me this maybe like 10 years ago but yeah so you're just you're incredible you're an incredible human being and i think i think that you are already great but you can be greater if you choose to and, and i know you are um yeah it's just powerful another thing that was pretty unique and special about your upbringing and honestly like at the time, it may have been horrible, and I'm, I, I don't, I don't, I wouldn't want, I would have not wanted you to go through that if, if I could have, but in a way, like that's what made you who you are. Mm-hmm. The other thing was you, you were basically raised by two grandmothers, right? But two completely different grandmothers, like you were raised in the Jehovah household and a Catholic household, and it was kind of funny and ironic. I guess God is a comedian, right? Since you're raised by your grandmother, she already knew how to deal with arthritis. So <laughs> she was a perfect person mm-hmm. to take care of you because she's like, honey, I'm already dealing with this stuff. I know exactly <laughs> what you need to do, even though you were like a young child. Right. Um, yeah. So, yeah. So um, but that's amazing. And so let's talk about, you know, now when you finally were like 18, 19, you hit college and, you know, Obviously, the things we take for granted, you know, like mm-hmm. getting out of bed, scratching our head, like just picking up, taking out the trash, you know, like hearing mm-hmm. from, from people like you and stories like yours. It, I'm glad that you're sharing your story because mm-hmm. me, uh, I can speak for myself, but I know all the listeners that listen to this, when they hear that, they're going to be like, man, I'm not going to complain about anything. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? At least I'm able to move, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Without pain, mm-hmm. you know? Okay. So now you're 18, 19. You you're, you get this freedom now. You get this new life. Basically, you got handed a new life. Like, like mm-hmm. you went through all this adversity that made you tough and built good habits, and now you got a new life. Now you're like, I can move. It doesn't hurt. I I, I appreciate. I'm grateful. I'm happy. What what happens next after that? Now you're n- n- yeah. So now now what happens next? So all right, then I I start traveling a little bit more and. You know, I get I get to be the I run for president, student body president, and I I just join every club <laughs> that I can. I was um I was the treasurer of Tyler Christian Fellowship. Like I was a Bible thumper wow. for like two years. Like really, like I I I would just read the Bible every single day and. I would do my homework. I was just super good. And then right after that, um, my best friend, um, one of my best friends in college, she, I, I like, I just brought her in as um, vice president. (laughs) (laughs) So I, so me and her would um, hang out, and sometimes we like. Here's the thing she was not a christian (laughs) she was not a good girl 
she was not she was the opposite and she there was, was something about the difference because I, i'm still an artist even though i'm really good i was like a goody goody um i was attracted to like the unknown i wanted mm -hmm. to see like what was it like to be like that what's it like <laughs> to be bad what's it like to go to the parties what's it like to drink a whole bottle of wine or you know i i, I just started to like street smarts become a little bit more normal and experience like normal college stuff so i did have a little bit of like um you know a, like a spicier life some while wild, I lived in Philly. Wild time. So it, it did a little turnaround where it was like, I was like <laughs> mad with power <laughs> because then I also got my dream job and I was just like 21, making $500 a week, driving a Mercedes. And like, I would get parking tickets like on purpose. I'd be like, I'm parking here. I don't get, I don't care if it's a $25 parking spot. Like, because you said it would normally be 25 cents, but I just, I, I would get a ticket and it would turn into $25. <laughs> but so I was just kind of dumb and wild for a little bit there. And um, like, the job that I had would fly me to Vegas and we'd be riding around in um, a limousine and I'd have my laptop and I'd be <laughs> like, I just, it wasn't good. <laughs> there was like some good and bad stuff going on there, but like I had my Hollywood taste at that age and um like you know I, I i finally got balanced with my life um so I, eventually i did balance out like it wasn't just like i i lived in the bubble forever mm -hmm. like there was a time as soon as that bubble popped i was all over the place yeah. you know i think we <laughs> i was in the clubs yeah i was <laughs> It was part of your journey. Like, cause I was just like, I need to see this. I need to yeah. experience this. I, I've been waiting my whole life to party like a rock star. <laughs> yeah. It's so I did it a little bit. You know, I have a similar story, but um, I think, yeah, like you said, it was, you were in a bubble your whole life. You finally got the freedom. So you're like, Hey, I need to experience this kind of stuff and see what it's all about. But um, I have a, a funny, similar story. Cause you know, I went to private school when I was young and my parents tried to shelter me as much as they could and keep me away from the bad kids and all that kind of stuff. However, in, in high school, I started hanging out with this crowd of like Hispanic kids but that were the bad kids, right? Like they were the ones that would do the parties and and all of a sudden I'm caught up in this environment that I was totally un un unaware of and super sheltered. And I remember my friends used to tease me. They're like, Isaac, have you been like living under a rock like you don't know anything about anything <laughs> but it was a good experience because mm. even though i seen a lot of bad mm. and you know i did some crazy stuff it actually gave me that street smarts that i was lacking because of the sheltering right so i think it was kind of similar mm. to yours because you had been sheltered your whole life because mm. of the illness because of uh, being raised by older older grandmothers and all of a sudden you have these new 
develop habits, this new developed freedom. And what do people do when they get something in abundance that they've been wanting for a long, long time? They just go nuts. Like it's just yeah. crazy, right? Take yeah. it too far. Yeah. <laughs> Me and my friends, we would put, we bring thermoses to our philosophy classes and like they'd be filled with wine. We'd just be like getting drunk during class and laughing at the teacher. Cause we, we also went to art school. So there was a certain amount of like, it's just a whole different world. So they encouraged us to be weird and break rules and do things different. We didn't really get in trouble that much there. So <laughs> we like, and just so you know, the, the friend I'm talking about, she's super smart, super smart. She was wild, but she was, she's still one of the smartest people I know. Mm-hmm. Just, the, so the art school encouraged you guys to be crazy and weird? Embrace your weirdness. Of course. Wow. That's if we're cool. not crazy it. and weird, we're going to be boring. The mm. opposite of good art isn't bad art. It's boring art. Mm. I like that. Boring. Can you say that again? I agree. Yes. The opposite of good art isn't bad art. It's boring art. Wow. Mm. That's, that's, that's a great quote right there. Yeah. So they encourage you guys to be non-boring. Yes, just be non-boring. They weren't like, do crack. Stand on <laughs> stand in the street naked. Like, they're, like, <laughs> they're like, you need some motivation? Here's some crack. <laughs> yeah. I would have loved to go to that school. Well, what school is this? Temple, right? It was um, Temple University's mm-hmm. art campus, which oh, was wow. called Tyler School of Art. Oh, that's awesome. And like we were separated from the main campus because they didn't want us to interact with like normal kids <laughs> because the the more we hung out with them the more we were like the more boring this you is what's cool this is what you know this is what the fad is this is what everyone's wearing but when we are separated we we're in our own world and it was just like be weird be yourself be different, mm. you know, make up your own outfits. Your earrings don't have to match. Your, your socks don't have to match. You can wear, you know, you can shave your head. You can, you know, you can do whatever you want. You can just don't be boring. Be yourself and make it art. You are, your art isn't just the thing that's for sale. It's you. You have to be entertaining as well. Wow. That's awesome. You know what I mean? Well, you're very entertaining, so. <laughs> well, thank you. Yeah. I <laughs> like artist. that. Just be yourself. By the way, that sounds like good parenting, not just not just art school. Like, hey, be well, except for the mm. give them some crack part, but like <laughs> just kidding. But like, hey, be yourself. Do you like don't try to fit into the mold. Like that's really like a big reason why the Bliss Seekers was created was because I felt like I was going down this mold that everybody wanted me to fit in the businessman, the entrepreneur, the, 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 you know, the money and nothing wrong with that. Cause I do want a lot of money and I do want to be successful, but it, it wasn't the mold I fit in. I want to be successful with who I am as mm-hmm. is creative, like artistic, like fun. Like look at me, I'm wearing a tie dye hoodie. You know what I mean? Now you would never catch me in a tie dye hoodie at my previous career, you know? Nope. Uh, people thought I slept in a suit. Like literally they're like, do you sleep in a suit? I'm like, 
Yeah, I have a big onesie that looks like a suit with wings, right? <laughs> but anyways, nothing against uh, you know the business world and and all that kind of stuff. It's it's great, but it wasn't me, right? So I appreciate that that this school was teaching you guys to be yourselves because you're absolutely mm-hmm. correct and they're absolutely right. The only way you can truly create art, true art, is to be yourself. The only way you can do anything great is to be yourself. Yeah. Plus, I mean, honestly, my parents they let me do what I wanted to like my dad's a musician okay and he you know and my mom was in love with him so they they were okay with like the artsy <laughs> world <laughs> so, your mom's like yeah just play um, the guitar yeah they um they encouraged me when I wanted to be a doctor they were like you can be a doctor that's cool. You can buy us a house later. And when I wanted, <laughs> when I changed that, <laughs> they were when I changed my mind about that. They were just like, "Well, duh, yeah, you can be an artist. We'll we're gonna pay for you to go to college. You That's just awesome. That's amazing. You know, do what makes you happy." Um. And I think that's great. And I think that's a lesson for most parents out there. Cause you know, most parents, they try to control their, their, their kids and they try to make their kids do what makes them happy, the parents, but not what makes the kids happy. Um, so I, I'd say kudos to your parents. Maybe it's cause they were young. Maybe it's cause they're, they were artistic, but I think that's good. Just allow your, allow your kids to do be themselves. You know, my sister is a lot like that with her kids. She, kind of lets them run around the house and cause a mess. I mean, she sets boundaries, but she's not like, no, 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 no for everything. You know what I mean? And we were raised like, no, 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 no. You know what I mean? So I think that's a great thing. Um, But let's get back to Temple. So you were the president of student government. What made you want to get into that? Was it just that like you had your new freedom and you're like, I just want to join everything or, or what made you uh, want to get into student government at Temple? There was still that little bit of thing that was just like, what are they going to say at your funeral? So Mm. I wanted it to be something amazing. And I I was very proactive anyway. And I felt like the stuff that I thought of was good for the school. The stuff that, um, like, the stuff I wanted to do would make a difference. I, I didn't have any trouble figuring out what should be in the vending machines and what what bands we should invite to the campus to perform and you know I didn't I I always had ideas for everything and I was super nice I was friends with everybody like I would get there was because it was art school there wasn't really like clicks anyway but there was was a little bit of like groups of friends and I would go to each group and just like hang out with all of them at different points all the time. So everybody thought I was in their group. <laughs> but, so it, it just kind of, it was like, I knew what was going on and yeah. on the campus. I knew what needed to be done. And I, I was also just a little different. My focus wasn't partying and just you know getting trash like I was a straight-a student that was you know I knew that college was only going to be so long and then I'm going to have to have a life after that and I want my resume to look fabulous and I just 
I didn't think anyone else could do the job better than me. It just didn't seem like, why let, because the guy I was running against, he was, he was a sophomore and I was a junior. And it was just like, let me, mm-hmm. let me just run this. Because <laughs> <laughs> it's a little sophomore. Let me handle it. Yeah. Step yeah. up to the plate. Get out of the way, sophomore. You took the lead. <laughs> so um the traveling how did that start oh i always loved traveling i um seeing different things I, it might just be the artist in me that wants to see different backgrounds all the time i want to experience different environments and languages and taste different food and it's exhilarating to be 30,000 feet in the air. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's kind of like a scary fun to go places by myself. And it's it's just like, it's always fun to go with friends too or family. But I, I think uh, I was still in, I was in high school when I went to, I did this little Canada trip and then it was just like, when I came home, my parents were, they were just like, wow, we're so proud of you. Like, what did you learn? What did you do? And, you know, I, they really, my, my parents, neither of my parents have left this country. They never have been outside of America. So I, I think maybe that had something to do with it. Um, but I really... I wanted to go to Rome. I wanted to go, I wanted to do the semester in Italy in college because I'm half Italian and my, I don't know, like, (laughs) it's just like, I don't know about that side of the family. And, um, I was, I was just like, I just want to see what that's like. I want to go there and see. And my dad's side of the family is African-American and you already know what happened to the African-Americans. They like, people tried to erase the history. So it's harder to know like what part of Africa I need to go to, mm. right. to, to see, you know, that. Mm. But as far as the Italians, we're from the island of Capri, mm. Southern Italy, maybe a little bit of Sicily and Palermo and, you know, so I can go there and just breathe the same air as my ancestors and, eat some of the food, just learn some of the language, get a little taste of, um, you know, what my grandparents might have did before they came here. Uh, And also, um, there's a lot of art in Italy. I always figured if I want to be a master of the arts, I need to go and learn from the masters. Mm. I need to stand in front of a Michelangelo. I need to directly see a master's art. And, you know, I didn't want to just look at it in books. That's not the same. I wanted to, you know, really see the size and just imagine like, each stroke of the paintbrush to get that look. 
and you know when i take pictures of my art it doesn't it just doesn't look the same as it does in real life mm -hmm. so i needed to go go see it yeah the, is it how are you going to be a master if you don't learn from a master yeah huh? it's a different type of energy when you see an art like right in front of you instead of a mm -hmm. screen yeah. or a book yeah, I have a story because uh, in when I was in college and I was in art classes all the way through the middle of college, advanced art. I took AP art in high school and all that, so I was doing the art route. But I remember we took an I took an art history class and we were studying like you know Egyptian art and all this kind of stuff. And I was like, this is so boring. Like, why do we do this? And then I was able to go to Europe, and then I went to France and I went to the Louvre Museum in France. And at the Louvre is where they have the Mona Lisa. They have all the actual Egyptian artifacts. And it was the craziest thing. Kind of like you said, Dion. The minute I was looking at the art in person, I was speechless. I just remember staring at the Egyptian art and going, wow. So this is why we study this stuff. And I was just, mm -hmm. I was just in awe. But if I was reading it out of a book, I was like, this is boring. Like, I, would any, I, I didn't want to go to class, right? So, um, yeah, that was pretty, that's pretty cool. Uh, but you mentioned too, you said you went to Canada. That was your first trip. And that kind of, that's where the travel bug bit you. Mm -hmm. Actually, the first time I went out the country, I went to Mexico, but I was like four. So I don't remember it. And I oh. almost don't count it. Yeah. That's <laughs> so a little too young, like, right? Yeah. I don't remember that. <laughs> yeah. And, but, um, yeah, Canada was awesome. I went to Quebec to because, uh, you know, in high school, they make you take French and, and Spanish, mm -hmm. both, mm -hmm. like a, sem a semester of each. Yeah. Did they do that to you guys? Well, they did this in eighth grade for me. But They I'll... made me take French and Spanish, and I didn't have a choice. They made me take Spanish <laughs> like... in high school. Yeah. And, I, and it's funny. I spoke Spanish, and I still got a B because I was lazy, and I didn't want to do any of the homework. <laughs> oh, yeah. In Spanish, they did give you a choice. Yeah, that that but, was like that reminds me of like the Cheech and Chong where the song where he goes Mexican Americans like education, so they go to night school, take Spanish, and get a B. That's <laughs> a song. Yeah, it's a funny song. Anyways, right? But uh, <laughs> but yeah, you know it's funny. I have a funny story too because I, I got really sick in eighth grade as well. Um, because I used to have really bad asthma, and I got pneumonia, and I, I so I was taking French in eighth grade, and because of pneumonia, I missed like almost the entire eighth grade year. And I, I was learning French really well, but then it just, it was wiped out because I was, I was sick most of the time. So I can relate to you on, on that, on that one. Not as bad as the lupus, but I, I just remember missing most of my eighth grade year because it of doesn't the doesn't sound fun. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but so, so now you, you graduate, right? You, you have the opportunity to speak because you're like the president, you're straight A student, uh, but you decide to start your career in graphics. So how did you make that decision? Uh, you know, what was that like? Tell us about that. Well, I double majored in graphic design and fine art. So I, I just added the graphic design because everyone was like, this is, this is the route to make money. Yeah. So it was just like, okay, so I'm going to try it out. And I went... I just started to learn it enough that I I could get a graphic design job. I just didn't know where one was. It was like, <laughs> I don't, you know, I, I didn't have the know-how to just um, 
I, I just I was so young. I gra- didn't graphics really was new back it. then, right? Hmm. Graphic design was very new back then, right? Like how I long th- back I, then? No, it well, graphic design isn't a new thing. Like it's it's been it's been around a long time. It's just that, that what they would do is paint and then photograph it or scan it, and it was more handcrafted oh, okay. from the start, and then. Uh, I guess around like t- the the year 2000, like close to that, maybe a little before that, then it was more con- just complete computer generated graphics. Yeah. The reason I say that is because I was going to do graphic design out of high school, but it was 1995 and graphic design was still very new. Computers were still very new. Mm-hmm. I think I got my first computer like in 94, like we got our first computer in 90, 95. So for me, I was also going to go down the graphic design route because that's pretty much like artist that yeah. time, technology art, right? Unless you're like Picasso, you wouldn't make no money doing art because, uh, you know, there was no money in art back then. Uh, but that's why I asked because when I was doing graphic design, I was told to not do graphic design because it was such a new industry. They didn't know if it was going to be successful. Well, now the rest is history, right? Yeah. So I switched to business. So that's why I asked that. But you you decided to go down the route. So 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 you created your own job. Well, kind of. I I knew I had to get some sort of job now that I was done with college or about to be done with college. I went to the mall. That was like right like a couple blocks away and i started working at this clothing store and i was miserable i hated it i was like why am i doing this i don't i just need to get this money but like i'm not this isn't what i'm made for i can't fold clothes i just laughed i think he he can relate to you right now (laughs) yeah Yeah, most people can relate Mm-hmm. Hi Tim, can I say hi to you? Say hi. Yeah, say hi. Where you at? You have to show your face right there. Let me see your face. Hi. <laughs> so yeah, I'm, a bunch of people probably do understand what what I'm saying when like you're doing a job that it's it's like oh why like this isn't what I this isn't what brings me bliss. Yeah. This isn't necessarily bliss seeking at the moment. This is just like get a job so you can pay for your phone bill type yeah. of thing. Like, um, so I, I, I worked created this. to pay bills. Yeah, it was just like I felt like it was a waste of time. I wasn't used to wasting time. It didn't feel right. I didn't have time to waste. I was like this, you know, I s- still always claimed lupus at that point in my right. life. So. I, you know, I was just like, I need to be proactive. It's time to get ambitious. (laughs) And so I spoke to the the owner and I was just like, you know what? Like on those blank shirts, there could probably be some graphics. I'm a graphic designer. Like, you know, you want to like put together some outfits and sell those. Like I can start designing them. And so from that day on, he was like, okay, let's start a clothing company. Let's do this, let's do this fashion industry thing because he that was kind of like his dream job. And when I presented 
you know, the path I wanted to be on, it aligned with what he was already trying to be on. So we like, we started this clothing company and I immediately was the head graphic designer and it was my first graphic design job. <laughs> and um, they let me hire a, an actual clothing designer so that we could create specs and get measurements and understand material. And I hired two. Um, one was like my right hand man and one was more of like a, just a different type of clothing designer. And they became my friends. I'm still friends with them to this day. But we we started going crazy with this clothing company. Like we were making clothes for celebrities, like the roots. And um, we're flying all over the place. You know, this is the the job where I was getting $500 a week. And I, you know, I was going to New York, going to Orlando, going to Vegas, going to the magic show. I was learning the ins and outs of the industry of fashion and meeting celebrities left and right, Russell Simmons, like all, all celebrities that have um, clothing companies or, or like just like they're the brand ambassador in some way i yeah. like i seen them just walking around you know eating a hot dog whatever <laughs> like just it's just like oh there's um you know whatever so i i actually sat down with nicole ritchie and wow. i didn't know who she was because mm -hmm. i went to art school and we didn't care about celebrities <laughs> we didn't know who anyone was she and probably appreciated that nicole more. ritchie uh, she was like this huge star and my coworker, the guy that I hired, he was just like, how did you know her? How do you know her? And I was just like, I don't know her. She's giving me some bracelets, like free stuff. Like, I, I, don't, I don't know her. And then he was just like, that was Nicole Richie. Yeah. <laughs> I, like, cool. I was just like, oh, I, I don't even remember if I knew who she was then it like might have been a year later and then it was like oh snap like i should have really paid attention to what she was saying to me <laughs> did you know her dad the singer yeah lionel richie yeah okay i, well, you I knew him. who he was yeah. but i didn't really they don't look alike no <laughs> so, so she, she like, was i didn't know she was big like in the <laughs> early 2000s when her and paris hilton when paris hilton had the show mm -hmm. yeah i watched that that's when and she paris was really hilton Paris Hilton was like the opposite of art school. That was the main campus kids. Yeah. That was the stuff. Mm. Yeah, that's the stuff we were like, we don't like that. Yeah. Like that's not like whatever you think is cool, we we're we're gonna just ignore that. Right. Whatever's on the radio, we like underground music. So you, so Paris Hilton was the opposite of what you were taught. So you was like, ah, whatever, I don't even care. Yeah, art school kids weren't into that. We weren't into popular stuff it was more like underground yeah that we like so so how how long did you do that um clothing company for how how did that evolve what, what did that evolve into that it it was like a couple years it it didn't last that long because the owner hired these salesmen and they went to texas and atlanta and you know all over the country with the company credit card Oh, and when the owner like really reviewed what was going on there, 
he saw that they were bringing friends with them and they were staying in the nicest hotels oh and they gosh. were buying food for everybody at the table and it was so he fired them and yeah. he was like it's okay i'm going to be the salesman i know i understand that part of the job i've been selling clothes my whole life and it's just like well that's a, a lot on your plate but okay i'm not gonna tell you what to do because you know i was young it was just like okay whatever just keep on paying me to do what i love <laughs> <laughs> but eventually that it's just the company had to fold because we ran out of money gotcha mm-hmm. mismanaged finances basically and then mm-hmm. that hiring the wrong people that'll kill any company that's for sure um yeah. so so was it was it after that that you moved uh to, to harrisburg yes moved to harrisburg Okay, and then you started doing some painting. Talk about that. Oh, yes. I started my first series. It was just like, let me follow my heart, follow my bliss, and get back into painting because that's that's what made me feel the deepest and um, the best. It was, there's something about painting. Everybody would always say like, you can do photography and you can do graphic design, but it's it, when you paint, that's the thing that could make you famous. That's the thing that that is different. Mm-hmm. And so like, there was a little bit of like, there's a little more encouragement with that. So I started this series. Uh, the first one was called Perceiving Humans, and it was just very philosophical, and it was a little bit like, it's it's almost like <sighs> The Secret, you know that book, The yeah. Secret? The Law of Attraction? Or like the yeah. law, yeah, The Law of Attraction. Mm-hmm. I made this, um, this in 2007, and The Secret came out after that, wow. but they're pretty much the same thing. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> so I was kind of already on the same track because I was starting to realize that like um, like different things, like finding yourself is actually, it's just a sensation. It's your, like that happens while you're creating yourself. Thank you for tuning in. That was the end of part one. Part two comes out next Monday, 9 a.m. Please stay tuned. Make sure you like and subscribe to our channel and hit that notification bell so that YouTube will let you know when the next one comes out.